Welcome to the Dennis Jernigan Podcast. The purpose of this podcast is to help you find healing for your wounds, find hope in your despair, find intimacy in your loneliness, find refuge from the storms of life, basically to help you find a deeper walk with Jesus. There's one thing I know after having lived all these years now, and it is this. Our God wastes nothing. He does not waste our sorrows. He does not waste our wounds and awesome news. He does not even waste our failures. Hey guys, Dennis here. Today's podcast is going to be a little bit different in the fact that we recorded it about two years ago. In fact, a little over two years ago. It was around the anniversary of my second year of being diagnosed with Parkinson's. We're four years down the road now. Melinda and I have now been married 39 years. And I just felt like now is a good time to repeat this very special episode. And the song that goes with it, Devastated by Your Love, is more timely than ever to both Melinda and myself. And we just wanted to share this with you. I do have a new book coming out. It's called Parkinson's and Recreation. And it is a sensitive, but at the same time, humorous look at our life since Parkinson's came into the picture. Now, what we're going to do is just jump right back into the original podcast. Enjoy. Hi, I am your host, Dennis Jernigan, and today's podcast is going to be a little different than what you're used to from me, and I think that's going to make you kind of happy. Why is that? Because we have a very special guest for today's podcast, my amazing, beautiful wife of, get this, 37 years, Melinda Marie Jernigan. Welcome, Melinda. Hey, everybody. Hi. (laughs) We'll probably laugh a lot. We'll probably cry a lot. Just deal with it. Just get over it. Uh, Today's podcast theme is all Melinda's idea, and I I think it's a great one, a much needed one. Mm. In case you didn't know, two years ago this month, January 28th of 2019, I was diagnosed with Parkinson's disease. Basically, not to oversimplify the malady, but to give you proper time, or to give us proper time to cover all we want to get to today. Parkinson's occurs when the brain stops producing dopamine. Dopamine is a neurotransmitter the body produces and uses to send messages between nerve cells. Dopamine plays a role in how we feel pleasure. It's a big part of our unique human human ability to think and plan. It helps us strive, it helps us focus, it helps us find things interesting. Uh, A lack of dopamine can affect your mood, your sleep, your attention span, the processing of pain and even movement. Honestly, I'm just going to be as honest as I can today. It has affected my mood. It it has affected my sleep. It has affected my ability to focus, and it has caused tremors in my right arm, and it has actually greatly affected my vocal abilities. Now, we first began noticing changes in my mood after a surgery several years ago. I I began to experience panic attacks for seemingly no reason at all. This was very difficult for me to deal with since I had never really had a panic attack before. When those attacks would come, I would simply ask Melinda to speak truth to me, and the attack would subside almost instantly. 
We really began to notice changes in August and September of 2018 after I had a knee replacement surgery. I began to lose weight, I had trouble focusing, and I experienced even greater and longer panic, panic attacks than I had before. And my right arm began to develop a tremor. After finally getting in to see a neurologist, it was confirmed the diagnosis was Parkinson's on, like I said, January 28th of 2019. Enough about that for now. I want, I want to give Melinda most of our time today. And to help facilitate our time together, I've put together a series of questions that I want to ask the love of my life. Mm. Um, um, I want you to get to know her and to know how our story even began. So, uh, sorry, it's already started. <laughs> Uh, Melinda, just how did you and I meet? Tell the story oh, from your point of view. Well, okay. make it do the short version. Okay. All right. Well, yeah, because this could take a lot of podcasts. Um, all right. Well, I transferred in college my, into OBU my sophomore year. And I remember going into um, music theory class. And I'm a front row kind of girl because I was taught to sit on the front row because that get you better grades so I sit on the front row and lo and behold Dennis was in that same class and he was in the back row and that's where we met in music theory she was the smart chick from <laughs> Dallas she sashayed in looking well, so hot she was captivating I remember thinking if I could ever marry a woman, I would want to marry one like her. And I really, I, I mean, I meant that. I believed that at the time. I just didn't think there was ever a possible way because she was so out of my league. That's just what I thought. Well, Dennis was different than the other guys I'd ever been around or dated. So he intrigued me. Um, he was funny and I could talented, of course. And we had a lot in common that way with music and we had a lot of the same friends, so we ran in a lot of the same circles. So it was just fun to get to know him, but he was just different. And it, it, he didn't ask me out, which was just odd because <laughs> most guys were hitting on me. It just was a weird thing because guys that age, just that's what they do. So anyway, but remember, same, this is G rated, right? <laughs> Yeah, I'll keep it G-rated. I'm sorry. <clears throat> no, I'm just messing with you. Okay. Well, you want me to be honest, right? Yeah. Okay. Well, when Dennis did finally get the nerve to ask me out, um, I think it was after our first semester there, um, I absolutely had something else to do at the time frame he wanted to do something, and I had to turn him down. Well, he took that as total rejection. So it took you know months later for him to even attempt it bring the topic up again so it was a long back and forth and back and forth relationship throughout college but mostly on and off and on and <laughs> off so that was just I didn't know what to do with this guy so um well let me ask you this when did you first know we were meant for each other okay well probably when we broke up the last time <laughs> Because when you drove off um, and I looked out the window, I saw you looking back at me. And um, I knew my heart was forever yours. And in my, 
I just, I did know. And after that moment, um, we didn't speak or have any connection for over a year. But I would hear things, how you were doing, what was going on. And then during that time, you wrote that country song, Remember Melinda. (laughs) And someone had given me a copy of the 45, and oh, I just was in tears. Somebody should sing that. That's another story for another day. (laughs) um, It could be a good country hit. But um, anyway, so my mom was so in love with you, too. And that meant a lot to me that... um, my family loved you. She, I think, was more heartbroken than I was. But um, you never said that you loved me, and that intrigued me. Um, you loved me as a friend, but you never said those words. And most guys just would say those, and I could just tell they didn't mean it. So I knew when you said you loved me that you would mean it. So. There you go. Well, to make a long story short, after the Lord set me free in 1981, uh, I asked the Lord if he wanted me to be married. And one of the ways that I uh, asked him to reveal himself to me was to use my parents. Literally a week later, I was back home in Boynton, Oklahoma with my parents. And my little little brother, who is next to me in age, uh, was getting married. And my mom and dad were talking. They said, we always thought you, Dennis, would be the first one to get married. And I just flippantly said, well, who do you think I should have married? And they (laughs) instantly said, well, we think Melinda was the one for you. And that blew my mind. And I said, well, to myself, I said, well, if the use her parents too, Lord. (laughs) I was just that freaked out. So I wrote her mom this long letter telling her my intentions and that I would not contact Melinda without her permission, but that my purpose in writing this letter was to pursue her daughter for the specific uh, endeavor of marrying her. And then Melinda. Okay. Then I get this letter and at that time no you didn't your mom got the letter. well okay i superseded the mail and my mom and i were living i was back at graduate school at this point and so i was living back home with my mother and as she was um single at this point and was also pursuing a, a new relationship so I got the mail. Of course, I recognized Dennis's handwriting because he was always better at writing letters than talking. So um, he still is. But anyway, I love his notes. I've saved all of them. But that's another story. I opened the mail, even though it was addressed to my mom. And I proceeded to read it, and I was like, whoa, this is a different person than I dated in college. I could tell that God had done something in his life, um, and it, it really intrigued me. And of course, my mom, she was overjoyed and said, yes, pursue him. And so we reconnected, and I think it was like a month later, we were like engaged. Yeah. Yeah. It was later. quick, because we'd already dated. We knew each other, but a month later, we were engaged, and... Um, it was awesome, but then we were married a year and a month after that because I wanted to finish graduate school. Okay, I've got to ask you this. Just take a couple of minutes. Uh, this <laughs> is a broad question, but okay. what was it like raising nine children together with me? Okay, well, <laughs> my 
first um, recollection of wanting children was like I was so overjoyed to be married with you for one because you I knew you loved me um, and you were the only person that really even asked me to marry them so um, you loved me in a different way than any other men would love me and um, I go into more of that into the book um, uh, more of my story so you'll need to read that chapter and to explain some of that but in the book uh, middle of nowhere but God had restored so much in both of our lives, so I was open to just getting all of what God wanted for my life. And that included opening myself to new things from the Lord, and that meant receiving everything from Him. I can't say, Lord, here I am, I give you my all, except not except my womb I couldn't say that I can't say Lord be all of my life you be everything for me I am yours except I'm in control of my womb now he can give me wisdom and he can give me um, through decisions and you know comfort and um, instruction but I just wanted to be open to whatever the Lord wanted for our lives and so I was open to the idea of having a large family um, first thing out of my mouth after our first son was born was I'm ready to start on your sister <laughs> I remember that that yeah. was an awesome moment it and really I just I just believe God created me to have children and to bless us and just to give us restoration <laughs> for what the enemy had stolen one of the things that we said from the start of our marriage was that uh, we had felt both of us so robbed of life in our former lives that we would take all the life God would give us in, that, in the form of children specifically. Uh, let me ask you this. What are some of your favorite memories of our 37 years of marriage? I know that's a broad oh, question. Oh, man, that's too, a but... whole other podcast. Um, I think the most favorite things that um, we've done together is uh, lots of our road trips, um, ministry times where we laughed and had times with the family and just would sing and have jokes and I don't know, there's so many times watching you play with the kids, um, just our travels and... Um, we worked really hard at being moms and, and mom and dad and you're, making memories just with the Melinda kids. is the most amazing mom on the planet. I she look, just Yeah, is. I look at my kids now raising their kids and I'm like, how in the heck did we do that? Because <laughs> um, I'm worn out just watching them, you know, and I'm so glad I raised them when we did because it's miraculous that we did that with my kids. But Amen. that was my that was my joy, my my blessing was to um, pour my life into them and it was a hard it was hard work and we were not perfect by any means and um, there were days that we failed miserably um, but one of our um, biggest joys was that when we did fail we would confess that we we didn't do it right and our children forgave us you know and we didn't just say I'm sorry we said we were wrong dad was wrong mom was wrong will you forgive us 
Right. And we got that release. And even now as they are adults, we've, you know, we have those conversations and just want to make sure that there's healing all through their lives and their memories. And because, um, you know, there's stuff that can hurt people and we don't want that to linger. Well, uh, let me just throw this in before we dive into why we're really here for the podcast. Yeah, that's a whole nother. <laughs> uh, we're about to have our 12th grandchild. In right. That. That's, uh, I thought my kids were the most awesome blessings, and they are. And I love my kids just because they exist. But man, having 12 grandbabies mm. does something to my soul that I never imagined possible. Yeah. It Honestly, I feel like I know God's love in a much deeper, deeper, deeper sense than I ever could have without grandchildren. Mm-hmm. Uh, that that's just extra. Let me let's just dive right into the subject matter. Uh, when did you first notice things were not physically right with me? Well, the whole um, episodes of the panic attacks were not fun. Um, they caused so much anxiety. Uh, I mean, we couldn't go places. We would have to leave, and you wouldn't sleep, and. I just didn't feel like I could leave you alone, and it became very debilitating for both of us um, because it gave me anxiety. Like, I mean, you couldn't even go to the doctor without feeling like you're going to have a panic attack. You couldn't go to family events without feeling like you're going to have to leave. Um, There's this thing called compassion fatigue that Melinda began to experience. Yeah, I finally went to the doctor because I was not sleeping either. Neither of us were. Well, we still struggle with that. But I was just becoming just, oh, it was mess. I was a mess. And the doctor finally was like, you have compassion fatigue. You, You are a wreck. And I said, finally, someone put words to what I'm dealing with. And... He listened to me and didn't dismiss it and uh, gave me some suggestions and um, just a, a good ear. I love our doctor. He just prays over us and is just so kind. But Dennis and I um, do a number of things, um, but those the panic attacks were the, the hardest. Of course, the vocal damage after the surgery and then it not getting better, that was a very difficult thing. Um, the realization all going along with your, the death of your father there are so many triggers that that stacked up during that time mm-hmm. um, but I see it as God providing even um, with the whole COVID thing not knowing that we weren't going to be able to even tour or do any um, concert dates if we would have had those set up it would have been devastating but now that you can't even do that and go out god has still made a way to provide for us and um with the patreon page and with these podcasts and with a new recording and book you've still been able to be so creative and um it's been such a blessing and i've been able to work on my jewelry and um grow my business and god is still using us and we're not finished and I'm just believing with your Parkinson's that it's just a, it's a new season. It's not that you're, you're done. It's not a death wish on anybody. And we've, we've exactly. had some people speak some things and we just dismiss those um, because the enemy, we want to speak positive. And I see that as my major role. I am 
the truth bearer in our relationship. Melinda is the prophetic one. I am the merciful one. She th- sees things in black and white. I see things in the gray area. And I say, stop it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, no, that's not the truth. Let's put on the truth. And I so. think you may have already answered this, but what was your initial reaction to the diagnosis of Parkinson's? Well, a bit of relief. Um, when we first, because we just didn't know and when we were able to put a word to what we were seeing and it just kind of got it gave us a a bit of relief that it was like okay now we know so now we can have a plan and parkinson's is such a um, um interesting uh, disease because it's very it's neurological for one which dennis already has a weird brain so his brain functions at a different level than anybody's and then we add parkinson's on top of that i have done this dance for many 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 years with dennis's um, tendencies for the the melancholy and the creative arts and the bends of up and down and um but this has been a whole different type of dance and i've tried to explain that to like our children and our close friends um this is a different place that you have gone to in your darkest times and so i just feel like now that we have the diagnosis when you increased your dopamine levels to a normal level with the the proper medication and your proper um exercise and routine it's like you i got my man back i got my husband back and um that was good and so I feel like we're in a good spot now. Um, I think you, you just answered this. Uh, wh- what are a few of the challenges you've had to face since the initial diagnosis? But what has been your, and just be honest, what's been your greatest challenge? Sleep. Sleep has been my greatest challenge um, because I wasn't sleeping because of fear. F- first, because of your panic attacks because i would be afraid you would wake up in the night and um, not be able to breathe or um, just need me to help you step through it and then um the yeah and then now it's just keeping a a good sleep pattern just so we both stay healthy let me ask you this what are your personal needs as a caregiver and what have you done to help alleviate those needs well some of my personal needs are relational I'm a people person and that's been super hard this year because of the lockdown situation on top of Parkinson's because Dennis does better not being around a lot of people because it causes him anxiety and then with COVID he's like oh good I'm in my happy space (laughs) (laughs) that's the the mantra of an introvert no one's around hallelujah (laughs) yeah and I'm like oh I need to go shopping and I need to go out and see people and say hi to strangers and Melinda is one of those gals that will mm, talk to anybody just to make conversation I love that about her and I engage with people and I love to know how people are doing and what's going on and all of that but um, uh, 
it's that's been that's been the most difficult so I'm, I'm trying to do that um, having our small group meet um, our in our church and our living room has helped immensely we're still you know under 10 people but just having those connections has been amazing well what can I do to help meet your needs and I ask that so that others in similar situations can know especially those who are suffering the disease, they don't have the disease alone. Their partner, their family has it along with them. So what can I do? What can others do to help meet the needs of the caregivers? Well, there are a number of things. I am part of a a Facebook group that's for caregivers, and I suggest being on something like that. It's a private group. It's just for caregivers. You can say whatever you want. You can swear. You can complain. You can just tell everything, all your problems. It can be scary for someone who's not at an end stage place with their person because there's all different ages. There's um, young onset of Parkinson's like Michael Jack or Michael um, J. Fox. J. Fox had, you know, in his 30s. And then there's an older stage where you end up with dementia and other things. And we're not in, in either of those categories. So it's hard. Um, I don't share with Dennis like the things because he doesn't need to hear all the what ifs. But I need to keep myself educated and we have done proper things to set ourselves up we did the those years ago like to um just with our finances and things like that so i can be able to if certain things happen have um have my hands on them so that's just more practical needs for anybody any couple to have those things set up but as a personal need um, just spending time together, um, making plans, um, just f- like a date night every once in a while. It's been hard because of COVID, um, not being able to go out, but doing things. Dennis is good at um, leaving me notes of encouragement. He's always been really good at that, and I appreciate those. That just brightens my day. Um I think with Parkinson's, though, he just doesn't think about things. Um, And that's okay. I sometimes just get weary, feeling like I have to remember everything. And so some of it, um, for a caregiver, you get overwhelmed. And so it's good to have just times to talk through things without... Um, just just intimate talk um, like the other night when we just got to just sit and just visit and that doesn't happen very often uh, how can those outside our family or the family of a caregiver help lighten the load of a caregiver well connection um, don't be afraid to reach out I think because of the fact that Dennis is such an introvert that um, people are afraid to say, hey, how you doing? Um, or call or, or want to come by or, um, I don't know. J. 
just be I, available. Yeah. I, I've told him I don't want to become like him <laughs> um, in that respect because um, I want to keep my identity, uh, if, if that makes sense. But with this COVID thing, it's just messed everything up. Um, and I don't want to become a hermit because <laughs> that's not my best self. That's not who you are. No. At all. And the joy of having our grandchildren that are nearby come around has given me life. And it's hard not getting to see the ones that aren't nearby. That's heartbreaking. But hopefully soon that'll change. Um, and life will become a little freer. But. You know, with the with my phone and um, our connections, we have a family chat. That's been our lifeline. That's one of my favorite things that we do. And just laughing, we we had a Zoom call when Asa, our young one of our twins, was married. That was hilarious. But then after the wedding, we just still got back on and all just talked and got to see each other for over an hour and it was just so much fun it felt like we were sitting around the table visiting and that's life to me relationship is everything it it really is and even for introverts like me I have to step out of my comfort zone which is actually healthy for me to do uh, and engage with others it's not easy uh, especially with Parkinson's but uh, we've taken steps uh, I, I operate really well with Parkinson's having a set schedule, right. something scheduled every day of the week. I write devotions on one day. I write books on another day. I write music on another day. I record podcasts every Tuesday. Uh, we have church every Wednesday night. I swim five days a week. Right. Uh, so that has helped me tremendously uh with dealing with Parkinson's and given me a sense of relevance in spite of this. And here's the deal. Uh, I don't have, Parkinson's does not have me. I have it. It does my bidding. Uh, And I don't, I don't, I don't mean to cut us short, but I want you to hang around just a little bit longer, Melinda, but to end today's podcast, I'd like to share a song that was written for my wife way back on October 28th and 29th of 1991. Mm -hmm. Now, the most amazing part of the story behind this song is how relevant the lyrics are for the here and now. Mm -hmm. Even though the song was written almost 30 years ago right now, it's as if it were written today. Here's the brief synopsis of the story behind the song, Devastated by Your Love from 1991. The song Devastated by Your Love is dedicated to my wife, Melinda. For the past year, that's 1991. We've gone through some hard times, but this song was born out of one of the hardest times for her. Now, because of the nature of many of these hard times, I cannot go into detail, but rest assured, Jesus is so faithful and true. I believe we can all identify with the words of this song. I bless you, Melinda, Mm -hmm. and I thank God for giving you to me for the good times and for the hard times. God will bring us out shining like gold. Whether we live or whether we die, we are the Lord's. I love you so much. Mm. Let us take a few minutes right now and be devastated by the devastating, amazing, massive love of Jesus Christ.
I've been devastated by the words of men At times it seems like pain becomes my closest friend And the real truth of the matter What makes me even sadder is my sin once again Lord so many disappointments I have known if you're so near why do I feel so all alone weeds grow up in hidden places turning friendly faces into stone hearts of stone and then you take my heart and tear it all apart and leave me helpless but not alone I'm devastated by your love like a tree beneath the wind broken for the building of a cross before all men the devastation of your love is so hard to understand that pain and perfect love could possibly go What's left standing is your cross I'm devastated by your love Like a child I need you near To hold my hurting heart close to your heart When I would fear The devastation Faithful are the woundings of a friend. My heart's been conquered by a king and occupied. And this king now lives forever here inside born a king yet poor and lonely a king yet he was only crucified Jesus died
Your love ravages my heart and leaves me bare. My heart laid waste, my heart left naked standing there. Lord, if suffering means winning, means death to flesh and sin, Father, take my heart and tear it all apart and leave me helpless but not alone. I'm devastated by your love like a tree beneath the wind. Broken for the building of a cross before all men. The devastation of your love is so hard to understand that pain and perfect love could possibly go hand in hand. But left standing is your cross. I'm devastated by your love. Like a child, I need you near to hold my hurting heart close to your heart when I would fear. The devastation of your love has left me broken once again. So faithful are the woundings of a father. Faithful are the woundings of a Faithful are the woundings of the Father. Faithful are the woundings of their Father, faithful are the woundings of a friend. Thank you for being our friend. I ask you to bless all those out there who are caregivers. Bless all those out there who are struggling with a disease or a malady of some form. You are the God of healing, no matter what. And we bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. James verse, chapter 1, verses 2 and 3 says this. 
You all know this. Consider it all joy, my brethren, when you encounter various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance. That song we just listened to, Devastated by Your Love, is from the Recording Daddy's song, and it bears witness to what Melinda and I believe. Bottom line is this. God means even Parkinson's for our good. Parkinson's does not have us. We've chosen to use it for the kingdom of God and as a means of proclaiming God's goodness and God's glory to the world around us. Melinda, I want to turn it over to you and just ask you if you have any last words before I end the podcast. Well, that song just brought back so many memories, but um, you need to make sure you read the the book. Um, the Middle of Nowhere. The Middle of Nowhere, because everybody has stuff that they need to be free from and I know Dennis shares a lot of his story but I've got a story too and you have a story and we need to know how to to get to the point where we can break free from our past from that weight that burden and see beauty in the darkness and that devastation and see the love that God's given us. And even with this devastating diagnosis of Parkinson's, you know, we see it as, as God's plan for Dennis and I. This is a season that we're walking through, and we're going to walk through it victoriously. That's right. And it's not going to define us in the point that we're going to be defeated, but it's going to define us that we're going to be victors. And Dennis is a mighty man. He is not stuck in the hole but he is like getting when Jesus called him out of that. You are a mighty victor. Come out. And so we, we're warriors. And I walk alongside Dennis. He is not alone. And I remind him of that. And I use words like that to help him know that we fight in this together. Well, I just want to say I love you so much and I appreciate you sharing your heart with us today. And uh, I know you need to get back to one of the grandkids, so I'm going to let you go and I'm going to finish up the podcast. I love you. I love you too, babe. Uh, I don't know if it's bothered you at all or not, but uh, we've had a lot of do overnight and we record in my studio in the barn and you hear what sounds like rainfall. (laughs) I hope that hasn't bothered you. I take it as a sign of blessing from the Lord. I really do. Uh, It just reminds me of the presence of God falling down on me. But that's the dew dripping from the roof of the barn. Uh, Anyway, today's episode of the Dennis Jernigan Podcast is brought to you by mpdesignsjewelry.com. At mpdesignsjewelry.com, you'll find beautifully crafted, one-of-a-kind jewelry. Or you can have the artisan, you know her now a little bit better, my amazing wife, Melinda. Create a special piece for that someone special in your life. Now, to help with the ongoing costs of and creation of this podcast, would you consider becoming a member of our team? If so, just go to patreon.com slash Dennis Jernigan to find out more. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash Dennis Jernigan. There's another way you can give toward the work of ministry God has called me to. Just go to allinallchurch.com and click the donate online button. It's simple, it's easy, and you might just be encouraged by one of the teaching blogs I've posted there. Go ahead and check it out right now, allinallchurch.com. 
Now, don't forget to check out some of my books on Amazon, like my autobiography, Sing Over Me, the follow-up book, Renewing Your Mind, the book Melinda's mentioned a couple of times, The Middle of Nowhere. I also have two fantasy book series for young people. I have many children's books. I have several devotional books. I have a novel called The Short Life. Check those out for me on Amazon. And let me just thank you again for joining me here on the Dennis Jernigan podcast. If you would like more information on me or my story or my music, you can go to DennisJernigan.com. You can also follow me on Facebook. You can follow me on Instagram. You can find me on iTunes. And if you would like an MP3 of today's song, Devastated by Your Love, from the recording Daddy's song, just go to the store at DennisJernigan.com or iTunes or some other streaming services. And remember this, if you remember nothing else, I know it's been a long podcast, but just remember this, God absolutely loves you and so do I, so does Melinda. Now go and be who Father says you are. Yeah.